Hey everyone! Welcome back to the Lake Norman Locals podcast, the podcast about the people making change in your community. You won't want to miss today's episode. Welcome back to the Lake Norman Locals podcast. Today we're joined with Joe and Terry Carbon of Good Old Fashioned Auto Repair. Thank you guys for coming out. Thank you for inviting us. Absolutely. So Terry was super sweet. She reached out to me and said, hey, I've got an incredible story for you. Sent me a ton of articles and I looked at them and I was like, oh my goodness, I cannot wait to have these guys on. Um, So first, let's kind of start with the basics of good old fashioned auto repair. I'd like to get into a little bit of that and then we'll kind of move into some of the extracurriculars as well. So... Joe and Terry, would you mind walking us through how you started that business and what it looks like today? Sure. Um, Before Terry and I met in uh, March of 1999, I had actually had a similar business uh, like this in the uh, Charlotte area and uh, had that for about seven years and decided that was not what I wanted to do anymore the way I was doing it. And so um, I sold the business, sold the assets, and I took a few years off. And then I was lucky enough to meet this wonderful lady, um, the one I've been looking for all my life. Uh, And uh, we were actually a computer match date on sister radio stations. Um, And literally, uh, it was love at first sight. And so I moved up here from Lake Wiley and uh, we've been together ever since. So counting 22 plus years now together. Um, A few years into our uh, marriage, I said, you know what? We need to restart this business again. But I I had a different idea of how I wanted to go about it. What I wanted to do was to do one car day, five days a week, have weekends off, life in balance, so that I could spend time with my best friend sitting right next to me. And so uh, that was the rules that I set for myself. And uh, then when that worked, I'd take it to two cars and then to three cars, which was the maximum of what we can do as a mom and pop business, five days a week. So uh, we've been doing that ever since. Uh, We are in our 18th year and um, just still enjoying the ride. That's incredible. The best part about that, so Terry, you sent me an article that you don't do any social media. You don't text. You don't do the computer stuff, right? Me. Right. Yes, that's correct. (laughs) But you met through a match website. Yes, but it's an old style where <laughs> you actually call in. It was like their radio station computer matching system. It's a little different now like eHarmony and Match.com, but the basic principle is the same. They, you take a test, and through that test, they're able to match you based on, as I always like to refer to the eHarmony thing of 29 different uh, compatibility, whatever it is they do, uh, to decide whether you guys will work. Well, I'll tell you what, it worked for us. I mean, literally, it was love at first sight. And so do you want to explore that a little bit more? 
why is she your best friend? How are you guys so connected? Well, because literally, I mean, we pretty much spend, you know, 24 hours a day together, um, you know, uh, similar interests, watching things on television, racing, uh, music, um, working together. Um, it's just, you know, you don't want to be apart during the day, so. It never gets old. And I think that's, I had a friend many years ago tell me, um, after um, having listened to my whining and complaining about an old relationship that was just never right, he looked me in the eye one day and he said, you know, when it's right, it should be easy. I never knew what that meant until I met her. And then as our daily life went by, it, I found out it was really, that's what he meant. It was easy. Now, I'm not saying that we don't have our bumps in the road, but it's just like we both know what to do. You know? I guess that's probably the best way I could, I could sum it up. I love that. And so this episode is going to be pretty unique because we're definitely going to jump around to a ton of topics because there's just so much to talk about with you two. Um, but I think sticking in that same wheelhouse, um, y'all are also, you're not just an amazing couple, but you're a music duo. Yeah. And you guys do some incredible music performances. So can you tell me a little bit about Main Alloy? It's Main Alloy, correct? Main Alloy, yes. And for those of you, since this is a radio podcast, I'll spell it for you. It's M-A-N-E, like your hair, alloy, like metals, which she came up with that idea. And what it is, it's a synonym for hair metal. If you're a fan of 80s metal music, all that great stuff you saw on MTV back in the mid-80s, that's the stuff we play. Can you tell us a little bit about the shows that y'all play? Um, maybe some more specifics on the music that you like to go into and how you both got into music that way? Well, um, when we decided uh, with our love of music, I mean, Joe is the instrument player. He plays uh, lead guitar, bass, drums. Um, I grew up, you know, just taking piano lessons like a lot of young people growing up from my grandmother of all people but I never got into any other instruments except our voice as an instrument of course um, we would go do karaoke and it was Joe's lifelong dream that we would perform together sing together so he said why don't we do this band and we'll try to work towards doing a show um, we practice for how long was it a year maybe mm. um year in the making um he'll go well, into more there's, details there's there's a big missing piece here that um she's she's gone right from the beginning to where we ended up at the end just before the show um we tried the actual band thing with having other members and uh that was a um, a, a complete disaster, which I kind of figured it would be, having done that in my younger years. Um, so we decided we were going to try something different. We were just going to be a husband and wife, two-person show. 
And in order to accomplish that, I had to go into the studio and I spent a year and a half laying down all the backing tracks for all the 15 songs that we did in the show. And I, I mean, created this, this musical list of songs we wanted to do for the entire show, and then I would lay them down. And so when we're up on stage playing live, behind us is this mixed version of whatever I'm not playing live on the stage and what she's not playing live on the stage everything else is me on guitar bass drums and there's actually there's a three guitar front kind of like um like iron maiden where you have a rhythm guitar and then you have two dueling lead guitar guys okay so it's really a big full sound i'm playing bass i'm playing drums and all of that's mixed behind us. And then during the course of the show, I change instruments to kind of be able to show that, okay, I'm not, you know, oh, that's how you ended up being able to tape this because you actually do play all these instruments. And I taught her how to play keyboards for two and play bass for one. So when it was all said and done after that year and a half of laying down all the tracks, now we have to practice for this big show and this has been 40 years in my head in the making is is having this one big live night of the music that i love and she grew to love on stage in front of all of our friends in the lake norman area so as we prepared for that show literally for four months straight i had to stay off the dirt bike because i couldn't afford to get hurt and we would practice every morning. We were real early risers at 3 a.m. So at 4 a.m., we would do, there's two sets to the show, two 45-minute sets. We would practice the first one one day in the morning. We'd practice the second one the second day, and we'd do that back and forth. And then on the weekends, we'd do the entire two-hour show twice on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, because it was all choreography and 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 you know it was a whole set with explanations of different things if you ever watched a show um, and you can pick it up on YouTube uh, you'll see what I mean and uh, th that took a lot of practice so everything became second nature I, I bet I definitely watched some of those videos and I thought it was incredible I love the I costumes too we can't put images in a podcast but that was awesome so what about the venues? What kind of venues have y'all played at? Well, our our big uh, two-set, um, two-hour show is just the one main show that we uh, were striving to, you know, achieve, and that was at the Pearl Event mm -hmm. Center. It's no longer there on Catawba Avenue. Uh, this was in... 2015. June. June 19th, 2015. 2015. Uh, you know, we sold tickets through Eventbrite. We had, I think, about 100 people come. Wow. Uh, that was our, our live performance. And the only other so-called performances we would do would be at open mic nights. We did do a, oh, Bailey Road Park. That was our, before our, we had our big show. Um, the town of Cornelius actually hired us 
they had a, a band or a, a contest for the community. Lake Norman has talent. Lake Norman has called. talent, and it had a lot of young performers, <clears throat> um, but we were hired as the intermission act for that event that night. I think we sang three songs, uh, dressed up, and, and so that was kind of the kickoff to our, our big show. Uh, to give us some exposure. And you then, young whippersnappers, this is what old people look like when they perform later on in life. <laughs> and then the only other thing that I, I guess was really be kind of an event is we did an event called uh, Rock Against Dementia. And I'm not sure who sponsored that event, but they had us come do a, a few songs for that as well. Well, also we did a couple of showcases, which was our first shows. We did two showcases uh, for a company called Creative Edge, which actually, and Cornelius, they actually had the studio that we recorded in, and they would have quarterly uh, uh, showcases, and those were our very first two shows as Main Alloy. Yeah. That's incredible. Thank you guys for sharing. Um, so this podcast, it's called Lake Norman Locals. We're all about sharing the community and those experiences. And, uh, Joe, you're an incredible guest to have on because you're an ambassador for the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how you got into that and why that's a special place for you? Um, when I was in Charlotte, uh, I was a Charlotte ambassador then as well uh, during the 90s. And um, a little towards the later end of my time there, I, uh, I, I came up to Lake Norman and I wanted to see what Lake Norman Chamber was about. And I had so much fun there the few times that I went that I decided if I ever um, wanted to open up a business in the Lake Norman area, that's where I'd go to become an ambassador again. Uh, so that time came in 2003. I joined the, the Lake Norman Chamber, opened our company, and uh, I, I held back on being an ambassador right away. And I, I knew they kept trying to recruit me immediately. And uh, I, I knew what was gonna be involved because when I do something like that, I don't do it halfway. I'm gonna either do it or not do it at all. So I didn't have the time available at that, that first year to really do it until late in the year. And then um, I finally agreed to be an ambassador. And from there on, I went full bore the entire time. And honestly, it is the reason for the success in my automotive business because every customer, the 95% of the customers that we had up until we started doing social media, and that's thanks to Terry, uh, I could trace back to they were either a chamber member or a f referral from a chamber member. So the networking face-to-face, -face, developing friendships and relationships, it works if you work it, but you gotta be consistent about it, and that's what mm -hmm. I tried to do. And I know that's a big thing for you too. Was there a point in your life when you specifically realized how important relationships are, not only for business success, but personal success, um, or have you always been personable and outgoing? I would say I've always been personable and outgoing. Um, I, it's, you know, I, my dad was in the automotive repair business as, as well as me, and a lot of what I use in my business I attribute back to him. 
Um, and he was, he was very much that way. So I learned a lot from him and uh, uh, hopefully I've made him proud. And they always say that, you know, friends want to do business with friends. So when you're, you know, a part of like an organization like the Chamber, you don't really have to sell what you do. You just make friends. Once they find out what you do, if they need someone of your services, then they're going to come to you, their friend. Mm -hmm. And does Joe have you helping out with Chamber events and stuff like that? Yes. Um at the time when we started our business, I had a full-time job myself in Charlotte, so he was kind of doing that pretty much solo. Um, I would try to come up and do like a uh, an after-hours event or something, but to be honest with you, I, because he was in it all of the time and I was kind of estranged from it, I kind of felt like like a fly on the wall when I would go there. I mean, he knew everybody mm -hmm. and I felt like I knew nobody. And, you know, I, it was a little uncomfortable until, um, I started going more and more frequently, made friends myself. And then, you know, everybody that would come, they would see him. And if I wasn't by his side, it'd be like, where's Terry, where's <laughs> Terry. So I got to be kind of a, a well-known fixture as a team, you know, uh, after I did it for some time. And actually, if you look at the picture that's on our business card of us uh, sitting on a rocking chair, I'm sitting on the rocking chair, she's sitting on my lap, that rocking chair is right on the front of a old house right on Catawba Avenue in Cornelius that was shot by Deborah Young, and that building is right next to her studio, as a matter of fact. She took that shot, and it so much said, good old-fashioned. But what it also says is mom-and-pop business. And she very much... It's this, this is what we are. We're a mom and pop business, and it's not just me, it's her face. People, people want to know, Where's Terry? You know, it's like, We love you, Joe, but where's Terry? <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to have the eye candy, right? Absolutely, <laughs> I have the eye candy. I don't know about that. I do, <laughs> I do. We interrupt this podcast with a quick word from our sponsors today. This podcast is brought to you by Trailblaze Paints. The team at Trailblaze Paints runs their business on the principles of honesty, integrity, and quality. They are one of Lake Norman's top-rated paint companies with a vision to be the number one trusted painters in the Lake Norman area. If you or someone you know is looking for interior, exterior, or cabinetry painting, please visit their website or reach out directly at 704-402-0556. Now back to the podcast. So another incredible thing that y'all have done is hot. Can you explain what that is? Helping others help themselves. H-O-H-T. Mm -hmm. Can you walk us through a little bit about why you started that and how it's progressed? Do you want me to start? That, that was your baby, so I wasn't, yes. Okay. <clears throat> All right, H-O-H-T, Helping Others Help Themselves. Um, I named it exactly that because that was exactly what I wanted to do. Um, 
shortly after um, after I I I became a uh, ambassador of the year award winner twice. The second time um, they renamed the award after me, and right about that same time, we were all still kind of recovering from what had happened in 2008 with the fall of the economy. And we were looking around at friends and neighbors and people we knew in the, in the Lake Norman community. People were losing their homes. They had no jobs. They were begging for food. I mean, we all experienced it. We know what that looked like. It was a terrible time. And the thing that we knew is, is that because we were chamber ambassadors, we knew a lot of people. We knew people who needed help, who needed a job, but we also knew employers through all of our chamber connections. And I got to thinking, well, what if we could help people who need help to help themselves by connecting them with businesses we know that might be hiring and putting them together? Because we know people that might be something that we could do that would help the community. So, but here was the problem. Back to good old-fashioned auto repair Joe, okay? Doesn't own a computer. His wife does, okay? Anything with technology is not what I do. So at the time, one of my ambassadors, uh, Vicki Stevens, uh, whose husband now works for the chamber, and has for many years, Jack Stevens. Um, she had a laptop and I said, here's what I wanna do, but here's my problem. Uh, we need a job bank, some way of keeping track of the, of the uh, people who need work, help and the businesses that need help, okay? So can you do this on your computer? So she became part of HOT and then later on, Terry became part of HOT as well, and the three of us worked together to develop this. Um, and it's over time, it kind of started to morph into, okay, well, this is cool. What else can we do to help people get together? I know. Well, actually, they knew. They came up with this idea, okay? Why not have a job fair? But we didn't want to call it a job fair or a career fair because everybody calls it that. We called it something that we could really get behind. What does it ambassadors do? They network. So we had a job networking event. We created that and had one twice a year. Every year for, I want to say, it's probably six, six years. Maybe it was even seven years. Wow. We would have two, two a year. And as this started to pick up speed, we realized, wow, this is way more work than the three of us can handle. <laughs> so we decided to bring some other ambassadors and people we know in the community that had specific skills and input that could help us grow this and create our own board of directors. Hence, enter the hot bods, <laughs> hot <laughs> board of directors. Yes, I know it's funny, but we intended it to be exactly that, and we've made fun of it many, many times all along the way. 
I am proud to say that we are hot bods. <laughs> Since you people can't see this because this is a radio broadcast, just trust them. They agree. In addition to the, uh, the uh, twice a year job networking events, we also had monthly seminars um, at the chamber offices that taught, uh, we had, had speakers and they taught subjects like how to, you know, um, build a good resume, how to, um, you know, read body language, you know, with an interview and, and just a variety of uh, topics. And those were very well received as well by job seekers. That's such an incredible mission. And I don't think it's about necessarily the quantity of people that were affected by that, but I would love to hear about the people that you touched and if you're still in contact with them and how it helped them get through those challenging times. That's more your department because you helped keep track of Right. I do know that, that there were a few people placed in jobs as a result of those efforts now. It's been several years, and with COVID and everything, I would have to revisit and try to um, see if those people are still in their same jobs. Um, but yeah, I'll look into that. Well, maybe it's not about them being in the same jobs, but you gave them the tools and equipment to go out and acquire that job, which got them on their feet. So even if they're not with that job, maybe it gave them the skills to get more jobs. But that's an incredible mission. So thank you guys for doing what you do. Um, So outside of that, Joe, I know a lot about your extracurriculars. But before we jump into that, Terry, I'd love to hear about what you do outside of helping Joe with the business, social media, um, what you kind of do for fun. Well, um, we stay so busy. I'm a a brand new grandmother. Uh, During COVID, I missed her period of growing up from about six months old to about a year and a half old. She's Mm. now turning uh, two in September. So a lot of my time is being devoted recently to getting to know her all over again. Um, I've kind of had a, uh, an eBay store for like 15 years as a hobby. Uh, I'm I'm a treasure seeker, uh, you know, a, a Goodwill Salvation Army shopper. Love to find treasures that I, in uh, turn, can find the right owner to pass along, you know, to somebody else that would appreciate them. Uh, and just supporting him, and you know, going outside when he does his racing, I time him, I flag him, <laughs> um, and that's pretty much my my free time. She actually used to ride a dirt bike and a uh, mountain bike as well uh, at tracks we would go to and even in our own backyard. But she's getting into the whole Nana thing now, so she's kind of taking quite an extended stay off of that. So, Mm -hmm. Well, that's a great use of time. I love the eBay store, too, and I love how you call it treasures because that's what it is. Exactly. That's actually the name of her little... Terry's Treasures, that's the name of my store. (laughs) That's awesome. And and one person's find is another person's treasure. We have all heard that saying many times. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, Joe, I'd like to get into the biking a little bit. We've actually had Spirited Cyclist on this podcast. Um, I'd like to have Cycle Path on here as well because they built 
the new, yeah, Mark's incredible. Um, and they built that new park at Fisher Farms. But I'd love to hear about your experiences with bikes and um, your passion with bikes. Uh, well, how far back you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> However far back you want to go, Joe. We got time. Okay. Well, um, I guess we, sh- we should go back to um, when I was a little kid. Uh, I'm talking probably five, six years old. Um, I grew up in Yonkers, New York. My house was literally a, bl- a half a block away from the Bronx borderline. And at that Bronx borderline, there was a huge woods area. And um, I had a number of friends in the neighborhood whose families took them racing, motocross. So we had uh, motocross tracks that we built as kids in the woods. Uh, A lot of those motocross tracks crossed over into bicycles. And uh, BMX hadn't really made it here from the West Coast yet. So we would just, from what we'd see in magazines, we'd try to modify our (laughs) own own, uh, bikes and turn them into BMX bikes. And we would go and do our own bicycle versions of motocross in the woods as kids. as I grew up into my teens, um, I, I wanted to get, I wanted my parents to help me get a dirt bike, but because of my musical background, and my fam- my whole family was musical, my mom and my dad. Uh, my mom was an opera singer, uh, had a couple of stints on, uh, on uh, uh, in New York City opera. Uh, opera house um, but she was a, she was an opera singer and my dad played guitar and so my mom kind of put her foot down about uh, what was uh, acceptable risk and uh, riding dirt bikes wasn't mm-hmm. uh, so uh, when I was about 24 years old I rebelled and I bought a dirt I, I borrowed a dirt bike for a while and uh, he let me race it once. And after I raced it once, I went and I bought my own and I gave his back. And uh, I raced through probably the middle part of my uh, 20s uh, and then sold that and got away from it for a while. Uh, because can we, I wanted can we to... pause there real quick? Sure. Did it have anything to do with injuries? Did you have no. any? No. No, not at all. I was actually had very, 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 very little injuries. Never broke anything earlier in my in my younger years. Um, it was I, I really wanted to race cars, and that's actually what brought me to North Carolina. I came here pursuing a career as a NASCAR driver. That never happened. Um, so once I got here and realized that that probably wasn't going to happen. Um, then I kind of started to gra- gravitate back to my love of motocross. And in 1996, uh, I uh, borrowed another friend's dirt bike, <laughs> which I eventually bought from him. Uh, it was an old one, but it got me going again. And then uh, Terry and I met in 99, and in 2000, I bought a brand new uh, KX, uh, Kawasaki KX250 two-stroke, old school, uh, back then, it wasn't still old school. It was brand new. <laughs> and uh, I started racing. And that's how we, husband and wife racing team, uh, we went from there. And I've been racing ever since, um, pretty much. And you mentioned that you 
built a dirt bike track in your backyard? I did. I did. I'm fortunate enough to have uh, an acre and a half that I've built quite a motocross practice track. My, My whole thought behind that was I wanted to be able to literally get in my gear in my house, go out to the garage, get on my bike, and ride and get meaningful practice. I'm not talking about little paths through the woods. I'm talking like a serious motocross track with jumps, turns, the whole nine yards. Um, And it's been a labor of love that I still to this day, I spend a good amount of time keeping that track up, changing, tweaking, doing whatever I need to do in between rides. Um, Just my goal in life is to qualify for the plus 70 class. And maybe by the time I get there, I'm 61 now, by the time I get there, there'll be a plus 70 class. (laughs) That's my current goal. That's so awesome, and I I love hearing that. Um, And these transitions are a bit abrupt because we have so many topics to talk about. I don't want to preface this too much, but can you tell me about Richard's Coffee Shop? Absolutely. Um, So my introduction to Richard's Coffee Shop, and for those of you who may not be familiar with Richard's Coffee Shop, um, it is a, a veteran... Uh, a veterans place to meet every Thursday and Saturday uh, where veterans of all theaters can come and uh, just hang around and, and, you know, have that camaraderie. Uh, There's, there are various, um, various things that happen there that can help veterans who may be in need, may have PTSD, Maybe they just want to talk with other vets that get it. They've been in combat, okay? It's it's an amazing place. Um, and it's it's a little coffee shop. And the, the way it got its name is there was a fellow named Richard who bought a, a uh, coffee shop. It was originally called Pat's Coffee Shop on Main Street in Mooresville. And he turned it into Richard's Coffee Shop and made it a living military museum. That's what that's what Richard's Coffee Shop is today, and so when we were first establishing Hot and trying to help people get back to work, one of the places we realized could probably use a lot of help were veterans. Okay, that that were struggling, that needed to get a job. So we started to connect with uh, some of the managers of uh, Richard's Coffee Shop in tr- in order to try to enable that going forward and eventually it uh, we really weren't able to help them in the bigger longer haul however I established connections there later on once we uh, once we shut down the hot uh, program uh, of, of with the hot job bank of trying to help people get back to work I got to thinking well what is another way that we can be involved with Richard's Coffee Shop and the vets. That's how Hot Evolution came to be. Um, and this takes in something we haven't discussed yet, but um, I am also a uh, pancreatic cancer survivor, 13 years and counting. I am the luckiest man on the planet because not too many people are sitting around saying, I've survived this that long. 
So believe me, I count my blessings and I make the most out of every day, which is also a big con uh, contributor to why I wanted to start hot in the first place, helping others help themselves. I'm still here for a reason. Maybe helping others help themselves is one of the reasons why. So just because we don't, ha don't really have the ability anymore or the need to help people get a job, doesn't mean there aren't other ways that I can give back and, and you know, pay it forward for the fact that I still have my life here, okay? So someone connected me, another, matter of fact, another cancer survivor connected me with an organization called Emmerman Angels. He had been a cancer mentor for his particular type of cancer. So I called them and told them my background and what they started doing was pairing me with people of other people who have the specific cancer I had and asking me to mentor them through that process that because I know what that looks like. I've been there, done it, got the t-shirt. So while I continued doing that, I got to thinking, well, you know, what other places can I take that same cancer mentorship? Well, realized that there's a lot of vets that are suffering from all kinds of cancers from, mm -hmm. you know, from being at war, Agent Orange, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I kind of went back into Pat uh, Richard's coffee shop and uh, let everyone there know that I was there to be available if anybody needed a mentor to help them through their cancer. And... Um, I've worked with a few people over that time. However, I have made so many wonderful friends there with so many different um, uh, vets of all theaters. And these guys are my heroes. Okay? I, it's another aha moment where I realize I'm here. I'm here in Mooresville. I'm living my life. Think about all the other people who don't have what I have. How lucky I am. How lucky we are to be together. Okay? And these people fought to make sure that I would have the ability to live this life that I have. And sometimes at their own downfall. The least I can do is be there, support them, be their friend. If they need me for something like a cancer mentor, I can do that. So that's how the next phase of HOT got its name, HOT Evolution. We've evolved into, that's kind of become our new mission. And it's really, honestly, it's kind of like networking in the first place. Mm -hmm. All you do is go make friends. If you just do that, everything else just kind of takes care of itself. I mean, really, when you get down to it, that's what people who kind of come into chambers and start new businesses don't realize that what about net networking is really all about. It's just about making friends. <laughs> Go out, have a good time, make friends. If you do a good job of that and you really care about the people you're talking to, you don't have to worry about business. Business is just going to happen. And that's exactly what's happened in 18 years of, uh, of good old-fashioned auto repair. Well, and that's 
really sweet of you. We uh, offer a veterans discount in our business as well because without veterans, I couldn't have my business, right? Just like you said. So um, thank you guys for what you do. I really appreciate Terry and Joe, you guys coming out and sharing your story with us. Um, I want to wrap up by giving you a chance to share with everyone where they can find out about good old-fashioned auto repair. So uh, can they find you on Google? Where can people find you? Uh, we have our own web page. It's uh, gofarguardianangels.com. We have a Facebook page as well under Good Old Fashioned Auto Repair. And we do not do uh, Twitter or anything else. So just basically those two places. Perfect. Well, Joe, Terry, I really appreciate y'all coming out and sharing your story. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. We appreciate you giving us the opportunity to be here. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. At Lake Norman Locals, we aim to bring the stories of our community to our community. If you or someone you know has a story to share, please reach out to us. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or email us at lakenormanlocals at gmail.com.